Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting His kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m., followed by a second service at 10.45 a.m. Today's message is an unpopular but necessary topic. Here's Pastor Philip Thomas. We are going to, to talk about the, uh, the always uncomfortable um, topic of money in church, right? And, and I, you know, there's different ways that you can approach that. You can approach talking about things that you know make people uncomfortable. You can just uh, pretend that there's no uncomfortableness there and say, this is the word of the Lord and we're powering through, right? Um, or you can just avoid talking about it altogether, which I lean that direction. Um, <laughs> or you can, we can just be honest, right? It's an uncomfortable subject, especially in terms of the church. Now, the reality is, is if we think about it logically, is we should be talking about money. We talk about money in every aspect of our life, of how to, to handle it, how to use it. But when it comes to church, we're uncomfortable. And many times, it, rightfully so. Because here's the situation. Basically, I, and I've been on, on your, this end of the uh, stage and this state, end of the stage. So from down there, you're hearing a guy talk about, hey, you need to dig into your pockets and you need to give money. And what you're hearing is, he's wanting me to dig into my pockets so he can put that money in his pockets, right? And to a certain degree, there's some truth there, right? And we have to kind of acknowledge that. It's kind of this weird thing. Now, we don't think about it in other areas of life, like whenever we go to the grocery store, well, we're, putting, we're buying things and money is going into people's pockets as well, but we're getting a tangible good back, right? And, and I'm, you, you should never be told that, hey, if you put money in the offering plate, that you're going to get a tangible good back, right? Now, sometimes we do that to try to get people to put money in the offering plate, but you've got to be real careful with that. And, uh, and, and so... It makes it weird, and we all know that it has been abused, and it is used to manipulate, and it's that way today. You turn on the television, and, and I, I will say, I get very angry with this kind of stuff. And I consider it a righteous anger, but I don't know. It may just be very angry. But whenever I see pastors and churches trying to pressure their congregation to give money, um, even for good reasons, I think you've got to be really careful, right? And so often it's used and it's, it's in very bad ways. And I mean, just recently, there's been, within the last five years, there's been like two or three pastors who have got private jets, right? And, and part of it was that they t told their congregation, hey, we need this for this, you know? And, and I'm like, that is, that is just ridiculous. I would never ask you to do that. The jet I have is already big enough, and I don't need any more upgrades on it. All right? So y'all are good. You know, my paper airplane that's in my room, it is perfect. No, but that, there's, that is, uh, makes us uncomfortable. You've seen things where it says, hey, if you'll just give $19.95, then, you know, you, you will receive a check for $32,000 in the mail. I mean, like, this is real stuff that people will do. And that is evil. And that's why I get really angry with it. And one of the things that it's done is it's tainted all of us 
so that whenever we think about money and it connected with the church, we think of how it's being abused. And we just get kind of angry about it, as we should when it's abused. The difficult part is if we're honest, and as we read through Scripture, dealing with money and managing money is all throughout Scripture, which makes perfect sense because money is a big part of our life. Why would God just completely disregard a a large segment of what takes up our life? He wouldn't. He wants us to understand the importance of managing money. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk. It's going to be more broad. Um, I, I am not one who says, here is how you should give, right? There are some who do, right? We do have a biblical um, precedent or an idea of a tithe or a tenth, right? But then you also have places in the Bible where it just says you should give. Jesus says, give everything, right? Now, again, so it's, there's kind of a wide uh, different ideas. One thing that we, we love to do is we love to kind of debate on, well, how, what's the appropriate way to give? You know, how many have, uh, have heard the um, argument, I've, or not argument, or discussion? Well, sometimes argument. Of, uh, so, yeah, you should give 10%. Well, should that be before taxes, or should that be af- after taxes? Who's the better Christian, the before taxes guy or the after taxes guy? Right? I don't know the answer. I don't care. The reality is usually both of the people there that are having that discussion aren't giving 10% before or after taxes, right? That's just the reality. Like very few people actually give a full 10% of their income, right? And pastors included, right? Now, and that's, it doesn't really matter. I don't care. That's not what the purpose of this is. Right? What we're talking about, and I think what biblically the most important thing, is we need to know that managing our money and using our money for the kingdom of God is important not only for us, but it's important to God. And it makes a difference. Right? Like God cares about this. How many lives are ruined because of finances? Right? So we need to take it seriously because God takes it seriously. You know what? And, and I, I, I want to use a passage. This We actually, um, last week, this was a passage that was used um, on our Sunday night. And, and I'm going to do a, a little bit different. Um, but so if, if you were here Sunday night, some of this is the same. Some of it is not. Um, but it just kind of gives a basic understanding. How should we view money? Right? We're not getting into the details of how best to manage money, but what is a biblical perspective on money? Because here's how the church works. And it's, it is interesting. There, there are those who don't know, you know, because I'm, I'm kind of in the church world. And so I've been kind of on the, the, the backside of the church that you don't, no one needs to see or anything like that. But the church only functions through giving. Right? There, there's no magic source of funds that, that come in to the church. It is strictly what is given in the offering plate. And it, some churches may be a little different, but most are not. And here's kind of the uncomfortable fact with that, is that the vast majority of churches, about 80, 70 to 80% of what they come goes to building, to keeping it heated and cooled, and to paying salaries, 
Right? Now, we look at that, and, and, uh, in our, and I've done this too, by the way. In our piousness, we go, well, I want my money to be going directly to feeding the hungry or to sharing the gospel. Good, good thoughts, good motivation. But the reality is all of that has to exist in our culture today. If we're going to gather as a church, right or wrong, we have to have a building. Right or wrong, we have to pay for the air conditioning. Right or wrong, <laughs> I think there should be salaries. <laughs> okay, so, so I, and, and I think all of that comes together so that you can do all the other stuff. And, uh, and so whenever we start giving, we do need to realize, hey, all of this is for the ministry, okay? And, and it, but it's important that we have this kind of a basic understanding so that we know why we should even give. Why should we even do that, right? But this, this applies way beyond uh, just local church stuff. This applies to your life and how you manage money and how you manage the gifts that God has given you. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 14. This is a, a parable. So parables are very broad. Sometimes we try to interpret parables way too literally. Um, it really is something that is, is more broad to give a bigger point. Um, and, uh, and this is one that you've, you've heard, heard before. It says in verse 14 of Matthew 25, it says, Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who has called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags. See, I've gained two more. Master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few. I'll put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You, so you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever uh, has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw the worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Whew. All right, that's a good one. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Again, some, there's, there's different purposes in this parable. I'm going to take from more from the, the managing the things that God has given us. You know, this is talking about kingdom of God stuff, whether you're investing in the kingdom of God or whether you're rejecting it. And if you're rejecting it, it's kind of like, all right, you've chosen to go that way. So again, we, we hear language like that and we kind of cringe, but let's, let's get to, let's really look at this. What is this saying kind of in, in terms of, of financial management? This is the, called the parable of the talents. That, that's probably how you've 
recognized it, right? The parable of the talent. Some translations still use the word talent. I do like how the newest NIV um, has changed that to, uh, to talk about uh, bags of gold because a talent, it was a measure of money and it was a significant amount of money. Um, it was, a talent was a certain weight of gold um, and uh, I mean, we're talking possibly, um, it's really hard to convert from 2,000 years ago to now, right? But we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars per talent. So bags of gold. I mean, it, so, so this is a lot of money that, was, was, uh, was the, that the owner gave out, right? So here are just some basic thoughts. And I think that, that they apply to kind of our idea of how we view money and being good stewards. Um, first off is everything is God's. I think that is so important that everything is God's already. And that doesn't just include your finances. That includes everything about you. All the skills you have, the passion that you have, the the things that you like, the dislike, all of that. It's already God's, right? He is the creator of the universe. So it all is his, in a sense, already, right? Now, money is something that God didn't technically create. It didn't say, and on the eighth day, God created the dollar bill, right? But God created people to live with one another, and people have created structures in ways to barter and all of that. I mean, if you go through history, there's always been some form of money and things like that, right? So that, that is all part of God's creation, right? And I think it's important for us to kind of understand that. And this is really cool, is that not only is it all God's, but he entrusts it to us that he does give us those things and allows us to use them however we want, right? Now, and so whenever we think of our time and our talents, our gifts, our financial resources, we think of them, okay, those are God's. He's given, me, give them, given them to me. And now he said, hey, you can use it however you want, right? That, I don't know if that was the best decision on God's part, Right? <laughs> That's kind of like, right now, my daughter is getting close to having a driver's license. And I prepare, and I've, I've given her tools and things like this. But guess what? At some point, I have to just turn that over and entrust it to her. That's kind of terrifying, right? Because you know the dangers. There's also great benefits. I will never go to Walmart to get milk again, <laughs> right? That is wonderful, but I also know what can happen on the way to Walmart. And it may cost me a whole lot more than $2.87. Right? So, so God has chosen to entrust us with what he has given it. And he said, hey, you can use this. However, he's not putting strings on it. Right? That's important for, to, to start off. But having that idea, hey, this is something that God has given us. And we need to use it appropriately. The second thing is that everyone has different talents and gifts, and everyone has different amounts of financial resources. And we shouldn't take this parable to, to mean that God chooses where you, what tax bracket you're going to be in. Right? God doesn't say when you're born, ah, there's a, 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 a high-income tax bracket guy. 
and then, oh, this one's just going to stay in the low income tax bracket. That's not how God works, right? The, what it's saying, though, is the reality is, is all of us have different skills, different sets of, of, of things that we like, things that we don't like. And you know what? That's just, that's normal. That's the, that's the way that it is. And we need to be careful in saying, oh, man, look at me. Poor me. I only have this amount. You know, I, if I just had this amount, it would be better. No, there's always going to be differences. We're always going to have different amounts. And, and that, that doesn't matter. It's not, it doesn't matter how much we have. It's how we use what we have. That is what is important. And seeing if we get focused on comparing, we're just going to be miserable all the time. And it doesn't matter how much you have, right? It, it's easy to say whenever you don't have a whole lot, oh, if I only had, you know, $20,000 more a year, everything would be fine. Well, and then you get that, I promise you, then you'd be saying, man, I wish I had another 20000 right? Because that's how our minds work, right? And, and so we need to understand, hey, I've got to figure out how do I manage and use what I have wherever, I, wherever my resources are. And that's beyond money. That's, that's everything. There are people who are smarter than you, right? I know that all of you look around the room and say, well, in here, I'm probably the top dog. But somewhere in the world... There's someone that's smarter than you, right? People have different intelligence, right? We have different resources, right? It's not a slap at anybody. It's just, hey, that's, that's the reality. And we need to kind of accept the fact that's the reality. The next, and this is something really important that I've really been thinking about, is that sometimes whenever we think of, of, of tithing and money management, we think of kind of saving money, that we need to be really careful and, and, and everything with, with money, which there's some truth to that. But God, he wants you to use your money. He does want you to use it. He wants you to use it for his kingdom. Use it to make a difference in the world. He doesn't want you just to hoard it, right? He does want you to use it. And there's different ways that he wants you to use it. Like, I believe that he wants you to use it to take care of your family, right? To put clothes uh, on their backs, to put food on the table, to put a roof over their head. Those are godly ways of using your money, right? That's okay. It's okay to use your money. You know, sometimes we get to the point where we're so scared to death. It's like, oh, well, would God be okay with this or with that? Hey, we need to sometimes relax. It's okay to use your money. But God does want you to manage it well. But he does want you to use it. And he does want you to use it to specifically impact the kingdom of God. Right? Now, I think that using it for your family, that's part of impacting the kingdom of God. But I, th I do believe that God wants you to specifically use it to support the church, to support organizations, things that are going about intentionally uh, trying to impact the kingdom of God. And we could get in the, you know, I know there's the debate. Well, you know, that we talk about 10%. Is that all that 10%? Does that have to go to your local church? Or can you break that up and put 5% to the local church and then 5% to, uh, you know, Compassion International? Right? I don't know the answer to that. I think it'd be great if we gave 10% to all of that, right? 
however much you can. I'm not going to sit here and say this is what it has to go to. I think there is a reason that the main focus is the church, is the place that you are invested, right? I I do think there's importance there. But again, don't be so dogmatic on it that, that we miss the overall point, that God wants you to use your money to make a difference in the kingdom of God. And to do that, we have to manage our money. Right? And, and that's, that's one of the things that is so different from when this would have been, uh, when Jesus would have given this parable 2,000 years ago to today. It is, it is much different, right? There were financial troubles and challenges back then, but they didn't have credit cards, and I, so there are some simple things that make it a lot more difficult for us to manage our money. We can get, you can be poor and you have the ability to get into tremendous debt when you're poor. That's a dangerous thing. Like you, you, usually throughout history, if you were poor, you were just poor and that's where you were. We can be poor and then we can make ourselves even more poor. Right? And so it's, it can be a dangerous uh, thing if we're not managing our money wisely. And by the way, that happens when we're wealthy. Because what, if you don't manage your funds wealthy whenever you're rich, you can get into trouble that you've never even believed in, right? Like they'll approve you for a $25,000 credit card. Just I'll be very honest. We went to a MediShare program um, for insurance, uh, for health insurance, all right? So I needed to get a credit card um, that that's where my um, insu- uh, medical things went. They approved me out of the box for like $17,000. I was like, if I filled that thing up, I would be in major trouble. But I had the ability to do it. That's a, that's a weird system, right? That's, that's crazy, right? So we, that's why it's so important to manage money. And that brings us to the next truth is that this passage directly connects good money management with happiness. Good money management with happiness. The first two servants, they used what God had given them. They went out, they spent it, and they obviously did more than just give it to the bank, right? Because he uses that at the end, said, man, you could have at least done that. That would have been the least you could have done. So they clearly went out and used it to, to, uh, to gain more and double their money, right? So they did that. And the, the uh, master says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with what I've given you. Now you have more. Come and join the master's happiness. Now, it's important to know that this joy, this happiness, is, was not connected with the amount of money. There was no connection there. The connection is the good management of the money leading to happiness. And listen, that this is where in our society that is a huge lie that society tells us is that for happiness you need to have more of the money. No, no, that's that's not right. You can have all the money in the world and you can be very miserable. The science shows that. There are studies that show that. It is very clear. 
But what God is saying is that good money management, right, does lead to happiness. And just think about that. That is exactly right. I've gone on vacations where I have funded vacation, and this is not good, I have funded vacations on credit cards. And whenever I get home and three weeks later that bill comes due, and I'm like, crap. I'm not happy about it. The vacation was fun, but then reality is right back there. Technically, that's not good money management. And by the way, I think God wants us to take vacations. I really, I think that's part of it. He wants us to use our money for that. There's nothing wrong with that. But talk about difference whenever I go on a vacation and I come back and I'm like, oh, you know what? I've already paid for that. I've paid for it as I, as I did it. Then there's not that extra stress, right? God understands how money affects us and he wants us to find joy and be happy. And he knows that if we don't manage our money well, we're not going to find it. And he knows that part of managing our money well is that we give to the kingdom of God. That's why he said, hey, it's important to tithe. And I, and, and I think there's a practical aspect to tithing. If we start looking at our money that way, that here's 10% of my money, it goes here. Then, and we keep that same framework and we say, okay, well, I'm going to send 30% of my money to my mortgage. I'm going to send another 10% to cars. I'm going to send, and so then we get, guess what? All of a sudden we're telling our money where to go. That's just a basic budgeting principle, right? So maybe God knew what he was doing when he was saying, hey, why don't you just kind of use this tithe idea to start telling your money where to go rather than it telling you where to go, right? We overcomplicate stuff because God knows if if we are in charge of our money, we are going to be happier. And that's what he desires for us. Last point is God does deal with this last servant in a pretty harsh way. Now, again, this is a parable. This is making a point. I don't believe right now if God came down and said, all right, let me see your finances. And you opened up your finances and they were probably like most people's, and they are not in the greatest shape, and you're probably spending money on things that you shouldn't and that, you, and that you're overspending on things. And I, I don't think he would look at you, you wicked and lazy servant, right? I don't, I don't, he wouldn't do that, right? But what this is showing is that God does care about how we manage our money. It does make a difference in the kingdom of God. And sometimes we kind of, we slide to the other way because we, we get tired of hearing pastors talk about, hey, you need to give, and if you give, you will be blessed and all this. And then we just go to the other side and say, you know what, God, God, God doesn't care that much about it. Just look at how that's being abused. No, God does care. He cares how you manage what, you, what he has given you. And it makes a difference in the kingdom of God, and it makes a difference in your life. Fulfillment in life is not connected with how much money you make. But it is connected with how you use what you do have. And God wants you to use what you have to make a difference in the lives of the people around you, but it also makes a difference in your life as well. I want you to encourage you to think about 
how you use the resources that God has given you. And that does include all of them. But specifically, think about how you use your money. Right? Because I don't know about you, but I want to experience that happiness and joy and that freedom that God talks about. And part of that is by managing our money. And you know what? It doesn't matter where you are. You may be so far upside down right now in things that you're just like, ah, I'm just drowning. But you know what? If you just start the process, just start, I promise you, you'll start feeling a burden come off. Now, it's not going to be fixed right away. It'll take time. There is no magic pill to make everything right. But man, if you just start thinking, okay, God, I'm going to do this. And you know what? The reason that we don't do it is just like that last servant. He was scared. Fear keeps us from doing this. Fear keeps us from creating a budget. I know that sounds weird, but I've been there. I've known. You know what? I need to create a budget. And I'm like, I'm terrified to look at what I actually spend money on things. I don't want to do that. I don't want to feel guilty. I don't want to be convicted. (laughs) It is. It's terrifying. It's terrifying to think about, man, I don't want to start saving. I don't want to start giving. I can barely make it the way that it is. And so we're just like, you know what? I I don't even want to address it. And we just pretend like it's all going to be okay. Man, overcome that fear. Be honest with God about your finances and start trying to manage them in a way that brings honor and glory to him because that will benefit you. It doesn't always, it doesn't always benefit you monetarily right away. You're not going to get a publisher's clearinghouse check in the mail. I can pretty much promise you that, all right? But you know what? Whenever you start managing it well, you will start feeling more free, and you'll start real feeling, you know what? I do have more money than I may have thought I had. But it's a, it's a, it's, it's a long process, and this is a constant battle for everyone. But it's something that we should invest in because God has invested in you by giving you all the resources that he has. And he wants you to use those for his kingdom. Let's go to him in prayer. Dear God, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to give back to you. We thank you that you are a God who has chosen to entrust us uh, with so many blessings. And Lord, I just uh, pray that you'll give us wisdom so that we will know how best to use the money that you have given us. And Lord, we thank you that we can experience your happiness when we trust you, and whenever we follow your lead in how to invest and spend and use the resources you have given us. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we ask you. Amen. Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon, and may God bless you.